Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Playful Escape podcast. My name is Kimberly. And my name is Cindy. And we are your hosts. Today is Thanksgiving Day. It should be Thanksgiving Day. Um, And we're going to be talking about family and the archetypes of people you experience in many family situations. Well, first, we're going to talk more about archetypes in our family that I suppose, right? We're going to start with who, what kind of uh, character arcs we fit into or we've gone through. And then we're going to say that we've observed in our family that these are common ones we've seen. And this is going to be from our like mom's and dad's side of the family. No one's specific like, oh, it's only our mom's family or oh, it's only our dad's family. Yeah, we can see this in both sides of the family, and we're not going to exclude anyone. We're not going to list anybody. But if we describe a situation and you know that it's you, just know we think about you. And it's just uh, this is one way that we remember you by. One way. That doesn't mean that is how we always remember you. But considering that Thanksgiving is just around the corner for us when we are recording it, but should be today when you're listening or after. If you're listening to it after, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. But yeah. Uh, I was going to say, just because you fit into this archetype doesn't mean this archetype defines you. So so don't take offense. Uh, Anyone, anyone, whether we're describing you in particular or just an archetype that you're like, hey, that kind of sounds like me. It's like, well, yeah, it may sound like you, but... Don't worry, it may not be you. And also, these archetypes, they're, they're, I, we're not going to be, I don't think, too specific. No, it's going to be pretty vague. We're going to talk about it in our standpoint, like how they apply to us. These are our opinions, it, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that it's like, oh, uh. This is the archetype, and this is the only way we can th- it can be seen. It's like that's not true. That like obviously people can see like relate, but mostly this is going to be like our opinion as long as well as with what is commonly known, probably or commonly agreed upon. Yeah, we're not going to put a label and on you. There are multiple sides to individuals. So this is just one of the sides that we see that we enjoy and we like to think about. But um, before we just continue defending ourselves, let's just get into it. Where did you want to begin? You kind of cut out for me. Could you repeat that? Before we get into it uh, and continue defending ourselves, let's just go straight into talking about what we're talking, what we're going to plan to do. So where did you want to begin? Oh, um, okay. So let's, do you want to talk about how we came about this? Um, Because I guess you would be describing my character arcs and how that came about. Okay. I I feel like I've, I've had my fair share of character arcs. So I guess let's start there. Yeah. So what we mean when it comes to archetype is just a label or characteristic that fits a person. And they these 
characteristics can evolve over time or they can stay the same even though they grow up. So for me, observing Cindy growing up, I had told her that she's been part of the, not rebellious, she's been part of the tomboy archetype where she would dress up in really baggy clothes, nothing really girly. She would wear t-shirts and band style t-shirts, but it was not bands. It was actually like Invader Zim, Rogats, things that she can relate to. I was going to say, I still wear (laughs) like baggy clothes and like graphic tees, if you will. Basic t-shirts and jeans. But you wear it differently now than you did in the past. In the past, I I would say tomboyish, but she wore it in a sense that expressed her mood or expressed what she was interested in. Now she's wearing it more in an adult way where she can accessorize it and dress it up. In the past, you didn't do that. That's true. I just wore a basic like jeans and a shirt or like shorts and a shirt and yes. I guess I mean I still do that it's just now I actually have items to accessorize whereas in the past I could have had them but I just didn't want to like I don't want to put on earrings why do I need earrings <laughs> uh, or I don't want to wear a necklace what's the point in that and I mean now I always wear a necklace I always put on earrings um, but it's just for like different reasons I suppose Yes. And when it came to later down the line, you even though you still dress that way, your personality or your interests changed. So from being the tomboy dressed up person, you're you would still dress that way, but then you kind of changed into this I like to call it this hippie style that you have, but that was your vegetarian phase where you stopped eating meat and you were very, you were advocating for uh, completely eliminating animal cruelty by bringing up companies that were not doing good things as far as that goes, Uh, making it difficult for us to eat certain foods or to eat certain candies or from certain companies. And you made me become more aware of those companies by reading the label, like who created it, even though I didn't take that into consideration in the past. Right. Like you can see like a type of candy, but you don't know who is actually like what companies are behind it. Like, you know, some bottled water are like manufactured by Coca-Cola, for example. And you're always like, but it's just water. It's like, but Coca-Cola water. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I I was making you look into, like, specifics like that. And I will say that I I am still against, like, animal cruelty and stuff like that. And I still selectively, like, eat meat and stuff. I'm not, like, the hugest advocate of, like, yes, we all need to eat meat. But, uh, yeah, I will say I still somewhat fit into this character arc, don't you think? I'm still kind of an advocate for things like that. Although it's a little different and it's a little skewed now. It's not like, oh, I'm against animal cruelty. I'm still against animal cruelty and I don't 
I don't really support certain companies still to this day. But I I eat meat now again. And I um I advocate more for lower waste and stuff like that. Yeah, I I was going to get to that. Uh after you went through your vegetarian phase, you went into Fate. this after you went through your vegetarian phase, you went into this other phase where you were more what's the right word? You decided to do more basic styles where it, you couldn't identify what kind of a person you were just by how you were dressing. You just wore basic clothes, basic tees, plain uh, shirts, that's the same thing, uh, plain pants, regular shoes. Nothing about you had stood out, but your personality evolved in a different way where you were more studious and you were more focused on school. And the more that you learned, you developed these other personalities where the vegetarian and animal cruelty phase just amplified now at this moment in time you are a person who is more economically friendly economically cautious and you are also trying to live a more sustainable lifestyle so you're still there but now i can say that you're more hippie in that way, that's the label I place on you. I know you're not, but mm-hmm. that is the label that I'm placing well, on you because of what you're going through. I, I get that. And I would say I I don't know. I associate hippie with I, a little bit of a negative stigma, but not entirely for the reasons probably thought. Um, I, I, so I'm saying like hippie, when you think of like the hippie, you think of... Um, with 70s, you know, make love, not war and everything. Or that's my, like, quickest association. And, yeah, okay, that's fine. But, you know, all the drug use and stuff, I don't associate with. So I'm, like, totally the opposite of that. So that that's kind of why I think I have that negative association. But I will say I have gone through, yes, like you've said, different phases And the funny thing is, while I was in my quote unquote hippie phase, like of actually being a vegetarian and stuff, I was in my phase of where I was very basic, where I was wearing basic t-shirts and jeans and like nothing special about them. But after I kind of got out of that is when I started wearing hippie clothes, kind of like flowy baggy pants like printed pants with basic tees, stuff like that. Or like even like flared pants, things like that. I still have some of those pieces in like in my wardrobe. So I guess you can kind of say that technically, although I could be out of the hippie phase, I'm still in it like fashion wise, I suppose. Yeah. So that's kind of the archetypes that I have noticed with you. I believe in a past relationship, they had mentioned how our family seems like the all-American type family. And I was so confused and defensive because, yes, we are American, but we have ethnic background from somewhere else. Yeah. That doesn't We've make talked about it, right? That. 
I don't think we've talked about it here. Yeah, we have. I, I'm pretty sure we have. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I was going to say. I don't know. But yeah, so it was really interesting to kind of get to see my family from a different perspective in a relationship and out of a relationship. So that's why I wanted us to talk about this. And it happened to just fit with the category that we wanted to talk about for the this week. So do you want to talk about your character archetypes now? Or do you want to talk about Johnny's and then yours? Whatever you want. Which What do you think works? Well, because I think we can talk about Johnny's rather quickly. Because mm-hmm. he's still... He, he's, okay, so I'm going to just start. Um, Go for it. Johnny... Our brother, in case you guys aren't consistently listening to our podcast, to me, he's consistently the reserved one. So he's always quiet to himself. But once you start talking to him, he'll talk to you. He's totally fine. But he's usually to himself unless you include games. He's a gamer, basically, through and through. Always loved playing games. On the computer, on a Game Boy, on a DS, on a Nintendo. It doesn't matter what kind of game. He'll play it. He doesn't care. He's he's in his 20s now, and he will still play video games with little kids. He does not care. So he's very much a gamer through and through. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like that's the only um, character arc that I can think of on the nose for him like Mm -hmm. he's a little reserved shy to himself but consistently a gamer yeah I think the only thing that we can add to that is the fact that he is also the younger brother archetype like some of the personalities he doesn't like attention he can get away with a couple things that we probably wouldn't be able to get away with or he gets that or we mother him in that kind of sense so so true (laughs) yeah i mean and he's he's a good little brother i'd like to say like oh yeah if he wants to like go to the store and buy stuff he will still ask hey i'm going do you need anything do you want anything which, I mean, you do too. But for the most part, we usually go to the store and get him stuff without even asking him if he wants it. Yeah. I mean, we did that today, but... Yeah. So, I don't know. So now, on to you. Oh, no. So, I do remember a phase you went through where you were purely writing you're a writer. <laughs> yeah. You write creative short stories. I actually used to read them. I don't know if you knew that. You probably thought I didn't, but I did. Um, some of them were like graphic, I remember, I think. And I was like, how do you think these things? What kind of dark, deep secrets are in your head? <laughs> we're going to need to talk a little bit more about this after. I mean, I could, re- I could be remembering wrong, but I, I do think some things were like dark but okay so you went through like that kind of dark phase if you will where where you were nobody understands it. <laughs> do, do, do you see what I mean yeah 
And I think that's when you were doing your writing phase. Like it's like only the people online understand me. That's why I'm gonna associate myself with all my friends online. So you yeah. were into this like dark, moody stuff. But the funny thing is, you're totally the opposite in person. You're like really bubbly and um I don't know, I don't wanna say cute, but like your face just gives off that that feeling just because of the shape of your face. It's all nice and squishy. Um, oh man you're describing like angsty teenager yeah yeah you're an angsty teenager what are you talking about (laughs) why is that a surprise to you (laughs) i i don't know i haven't taken this into consideration yeah you're an angsty teen oh man oh man after you grew out of your angsty teenage phase you were still like a book nerd so you still liked writing and everything, but you were a book nerd. You lo- you loved reading, and I I suppose in all your uh, in all your phases, you're very reserved. You're very to yourself, isolated. So I don't think this is like a character arc, but it's more of your personality. You're just um, introverted, right? Yeah. So yeah, you were a book nerd. You're just any kind of nerd. Oh man, you that you were not. Huh? That does not sound good. <laughs> you you were into books. Um, you got into Harry Potter a lot. So then you were in your Harry Potter phase, and I think you haven't gotten out of it. You're in. You're like a Disney buff, and I feel like I feel like you're still a little nerdy and stuff, but you're not in the same way. I feel like you're. I don't want to say your character arc has changed because I don't think it has, but it's matured. Okay. So instead of being like that um, nerdy kid, you're more of that quirky adult. Oh, great. Now I'm quirky. (laughs) But quirky isn't like what you think. It's just kind of like, I don't know, a little twist of spice in there. I I don't want to say spice because spice can be like, spicy so i'm a little seasoning in there so it's just you know marinated i don't know according to google Mm -hmm. quirky means characterized by particular or unexpected traits yeah you're quirky okay yeah but you you have i like i don't specifically know like the archetypes you fit into but you f- for sure have a very quirky aesthetic. You know, you like all those little things. Like the other day you were showing me all your mugs that you have. And you have like a Doctor Who mug, a Harry Potter mug. And just like other random little quirky mugs. They're not, they're not just, oh, it's a plain white mug. It's like, no, it's a quirky little mug. <laughs> So it just and stands out a little. I just find it funny because you asked me to show you my mugs. Yeah. And I was just like, I have a lot. When I thought about it, I'm like, I have a lot. I thought I only had like two or three, but I have six, maybe. Yeah. And just hidden in the room. Yeah. I don't know how else I would... Like, describe you, I suppose. 
Okay. So those are the kind of archetypes that we have for ourselves. So you were in the moody, tomboyish, vegetarian, bohemian, hippie phase that has matured. Johnny was in the typical gamer boy style. And I was from angsty teenager to quirky (laughs) (laughs) to quirky reserved book nerd that turned into a a quirky geek. Uh, I think you kind of phrased that wrong, but yeah, sure. Whatever. I was going to also say you, 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 since you were in like an angsty teen, I guess you also fit into that rebellious phase. It's like you didn't listen and I don't think that went away until, like, recently. And even then, I still would say that you probably still are going to rebel continuously. And, I mean, I get it. You're you're old enough to, like, do things on your own. But sometimes when people tell you things, it's not to... It's not to... Um, it's not to put you down. It's more so to like guide you. And you're just like, no, you told me to do this. I'm not doing this. It's like, I want to make my mistakes. I want to learn from them, which is okay. But the thing is, even if you listen to the advice, you will still make mistakes. So it's just to prevent you from making like the same mistakes. Yeah. As other people have gone through. So that's that's how you're, I, I suppose, rebellious. You just continue to, it's like, no, they told me not to do it. I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, I think that is kind of a good transition into the extended family archetypes that we have. Okay. So we have, we had started coming up with labels that we know our family has, which is the cool aunt and uncle or the strict aunt and uncle, or the quirky and funny aunt and uncle, or the children or cousins or people in the family who tends to be troublesome. Usually we see them in family members or in families that have more than two kids, maybe three to more than that, where they kind of have a rebellious era. We've had the younger relatives or siblings who tend to act more mature so like these old soul but young physically young people Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure there are more we just i don't have them on my list where do you want to start you also forgot um having cousins who are old enough to be uncles oh uh, that's not like a character arc. That's just like a characteristic or situation that we've we've noticed has occurred, where basically, like for us, a grandparent had a child around the same time that their daughter or sons had another child, so yeah. they're around the same age. So to me, that's why I, I I wrote this one. It's like a cousin, oldest cousin who's old enough to be an uncle is basically because what I would like to say about that is I tend to forget that our uncle is our uncle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it feels more like, oh, but 
he's the same age as my oldest cousin. So why isn't he technically considered a cousin? But he's an uncle or she is an aunt. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's a really good thing to take into consideration that in our family, there are big age gaps. And mm-hmm. that is very, very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our dad's side, we I think there's at least a 15 year difference between the youngest and the oldest have we stated that like our dad is the youngest in in our in our uh, in his side of the family i believe we did but if not our dad is the youngest of technically 10 yes and so that means that we were technically if if everything went like according to plan we would be the youngest cousins Mm-hmm. But that's not entirely true. We have um, cousins that are younger, but from yeah. a different relative, from his older sister, mm-hmm. who is still on the young side. It's just she. She have stop cracking your fingers. She she happened to have kids younger or more kids because we. Uh, our parents stopped at three. They could have continued having kids, but they didn't want any more. Get it all out of your system. Might as well. I already did. I don't know. I don't know why I do it. <laughs> you just kept doing it as I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, so we do have younger cousins, like, on our dad's side. On mom's side, I suppose we're going to have younger cousins. We just did. Yeah, that is true. That feels so off to me. I didn't realize that 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 was going to be a cousin. Yeah. Oh, man. But in a way, I guess because our uncle is younger, we can probably deem him as the cool uncle. Everyone would go to him because they see him as a cousin and mature enough to give us advice if we needed it. But you know what? I kind of agree. I feel like the oldest cousin that's old enough to be an uncle or the oldest cousin who's old enough to be an aunt fits in under that cool aunt and uncle category. I feel like it ha- yeah. you, because you are younger, you're more with the times, quote unquote, or you're just you have more energy to be doing things more actively. You mm-hmm. are then dubbed the cool aunt or uncle. Because, like, on our dad's side, I would... Oh, sorry. I hit the table. I was going to say, on our dad's side, I think that the same thing applies. The younger aunt slash uncle are technically the cool aunt and uncle, which would be our dad and our youngest aunt. I agree. I think it's also because they're closer in age, 
it's easier for them to talk to each other? No, because I mean, because cool aunt and uncle, like I said, I think it has to do more with it's like you have more energy because you're still young. You still have you still want to be doing fun things. Mm -hmm. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, the cool slash. The cool aunt and or uncle, they tend to be strain away from the typical aunt and uncle role either they're very funny or they're more engaging or they do something that not everyone else does in our dad's case he rides a motorcycle he loves harley davidson's he has the interest in rock bands and he has interests that other people can fully relate to even though our dad has an older brother who introduced him to all of these rock bands we just tend to forget that he this older uncle is cool because he's more reserved or more conservative in his style yeah i I was gonna say i was like wait a second but his oldest brother introduced him to it but you're you're right no he is in in a in a way it's just that he's more mature you know although he likes that music or liked that music when he was young he he never like I guess like you said he never rode a motorcycle like dad does, so that is a good point and I, I didn't catch that observation until you stated it so yeah that's a good point yeah yeah so I think it's really interesting to see that there are a bunch of different family members who fit under the same label but it's just a matter of how obvious we see that. Because we didn't see that until we bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we go into the strict aunt and uncles. Okay. Aunts and uncles. Which you can kind of tell right off the bat. Sometimes you don't want to go to their house. Or they're just more... They have a very particular way to express themselves and express their opinions. That it doesn't always make you feel comfortable. But you know when you go to their house what is going to happen because it's it's like kind of predictable in a way. Yeah, um, I guess. But I, w- I would like to say it's like just because you, we have like a strict family member, aunt or uncle, that doesn't mean that they are like bad in a, in a way. No. Usually when they're strict, I feel like it's because they care. Or they're more um, cautious, which is why they're strict. So it's never like a bad thing. It's just there's there's reasons why somebody is strict. But as a kid observing this, terrifying. Because you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to upset this I, I suppose it depends on the kid you are. That's true. Because I feel like as a kid, I tend to be the challenging one. But now, as an adult, I just know what I don't like or don't want. So I act to prevent those things from happening. So, like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom always used to, like, threaten to, like, hit me if I disobeyed or something. Not that she ever would, but, like, I would challenge her. I was like, you're not going to hit me, right? And, like, just try and make her mad to get her to the point where she would want to hit me. And I just like run away. (laughs) 
Um, so it was just kind of like I was challenging them to do that. So I, I kind of was like, oh, no, the, the strict parents or aunt and uncle or whatever, it, it wasn't threatening to me because as a child, I was, you know, challenging, I would like to say. But as an adult now, I I know that I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get like lectured or anything like that. So I tend to not to do anything upsetting, I suppose. And even so, like for I suppose even so, for the most part, I just I don't have a need or desire to do anything so rebellious or upsetting to somebody where they would want to lecture me or hit me eventually. <laughs> I have a label that we can talk about next. Okay, go for it. That fits on our dad's side mostly, but I don't I don't know, maybe we can come up to see if it applies to our mom's side. Okay. The oldest relative who wants to stay young. Okay. I think you know who I'm talking about. I do. Either they stay young by trying to hang out with the kids or they stay young by the way they dress. Is it crazy that this can apply in like many different little families? I think. No, I don't think it'll be crazy. I think it's kind of funny. Um, yes, I feel like there there are people that. I guess it, this is the kind of people that they lie about their age. It's like, oh, I just turned 30. It's like, I'm so young, you know? And I don't want to say that's a bad thing. It's like, I, I understand the want or desire to be young. But you don't you don't have to act on it. You can just, you know, for for example, if I were much older... And I wanted to like give the illusion that I was younger. I wouldn't want to dress younger because one, I would think it's inappropriate for me. But then two, if if I wanted to feel young, I can do that on my own. You know, I I could just do things that make me feel better about myself, therefore making me have more energy, making me feel young again. So I would have to be more cautious of how I'm eating. But then again, like I said, because I would probably be older, it's something that's supposed to be helping me health-wise, basically. Yeah, I just find it hilarious because I have one image or one incident in mind where this specific relative was claiming she was, she, he, they were young by making their children 10 years younger than me and making me sound older than I was, when in reality it was the other way around. I was the age they were claiming their children were, and their children were 10 years older than me. So I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it is a little funny. Your mic sounds a little funny. Talk again. Testing, testing. No, that was okay. It sounded like a little staticky. But I, I think it, it should be fine. It was just a little weird. But that, that was a good one. I, I forgot about that. Like, people that pretend they are younger. 
And I yeah. feel like people do it in different ways. So like, uh, for example, in Simon's family, I mean, I, I don't want to like <laughs> throw anyone under the bust, but like, or even our grandma, she, she pretends that she's like not aging. She's like, no, I'm still like this many years old. <laughs> it's like, I stopped counting. It's like, no, I have, I just haven't aged <laughs> when it's clearly been like five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think for grandma's situations is a little bit different because Obviously, her memory yes. is different, but there's people who fully know how they are. Mm-hmm. And they just, it's like, no, no, no. I, I just turned this many years old, a couple years younger than they are. It's like, whatever you say, it's like, I won't say anything if you don't say anything. If you want to be that many years old, I, I concur. Yeah, sure. You're that many years old. Yeah, it, it, it's just funny because, yeah, you can deny the age, but either act the age you really are well, or dress the age you really are. Who I was thinking of usually does, but, but like, th- that's another thing. It's, like, you don't want to acknowledge that you're older. But, like, currently, to me, I've noticed as I get older, I don't feel any different. But there's going to be this threshold where... I, I think I've probably spoken about this in person to people, but I haven't in, in the podcast where there were stages in my life where I was like, oh, I can't wait till, for example, I turn 16 because at 16, I'm no longer like a teen, a preteen. Then it's like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 18 because technically at 18, I'm an adult. And then it's like, I can't wait till I'm 21 because then I can start drinking. So those are the little like stages in life that you pass and you're like, oh, I'm there. I'm I'm 18. Oh, I'm 21. And I remember when I turned 21, I still felt like I was 18 just because I, I don't drink. Now I'm past 21 and I still like associates like, oh, yeah, like I'm in my I'm 21. What you talking about? It's been a couple years, but like I still feel like I'm 21. I'm at the legal drinking age. But I just choose not to. So for me, I don't think until I turn probably 30, I'll feel like, oh, I'm at that different stage again of my life. So it's like, oh, now I'm 30. And even though I'd be probably like 35, it's like, no, but I still feel like I'm just 30. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's a very interesting discussion. And I think I brought this up to a couple other people, not just... Uh, with family but with friends or even my own supervisors and they say it's different when you're older because you still think your brain still thinks that you're young but your body is telling you something else yeah yeah no. I, I can see that because I mean just looking at our parents they are on the young side for parents to be honest so they still have a lot of life in them if you will um, but like our parents have recently been, you know, going on more vacations and they've been able to do so because we're all in our twenties. So we're all able to take care of ourselves clearly. And they don't have that like worry of like, oh, the kids are at home or oh, the kids. Okay. It's like, no, we're all in our twenties. We all have our lives. We all have things to do. We can all <laughs> fend for ourselves so they don't have to worry about us if they go on vacation on their own. But they, they've gotten to that point where luckily they started having kids 
not too young, but also not too old. And now that their kids are fully grown, obviously, they're able to have fun and have vacations without worrying about kids, which I think is nice. That would be the goal, but we're starting later. (laughs) Much, much later. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so there's that. Did is there any oh we forgot one of my character archetypes I think I fit into this one which I, one I've kind of mentioned it though uh where we talk uh we didn't state it but it's like uh, a goody two shoes I was gonna get to that one eventually yeah I fit into that one okay well, I feel like I do at least as, what do you describe a two uh, a goody two shoes. Somebody just th- that that follows the rules that doesn't care to like break rules. I suppose I don't know. Do you think our family has people that are like that? Other relatives that are like that? I feel like people give the illusion that they are, but they do things that aren't following that. Okay, so kind of. Like I said, I feel like people give the illusions, but they don't. So, like, for example, underage drinking, not a good goody two-shoes. You know what I mean? Because, like, underage drinking, then you're like, okay, I, I want to do this, and if I'm able to do it, then you're doing it. But a goody two-shoes would not drink underage they'd be like it's like oh if somebody offers them it's like oh but it's a private party here have some alcohol it's like no 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 i'm not 21 i'm not gonna drink i i have always been that person if anyone offers even when i was 21 on my birthday and we celebrated it they offered me alcohol and i was like no i'm not drinking i'm good thanks it's like but you're of age it's like i don't care i don't want it i'm not drinking it yeah so that's what I mean, that I'm a goody two-shoes where I can't be swayed if I know what I want. And typically, my intentions are, I feel like, goody two-shoes very much. So, like I said, there are people that give off the illusion that they could be goody two-shoes, but I don't think they do. Obviously, they're not like breaking the rules in any way, shape, or form. It's just... If you know them personally, they typically it's like they're good people and they have um, good intentions and everything. It's just they aren't they tend to be people that could get in trouble for little things. It's like, oh, I have a curfew at 10. Oh, but I stayed out at till 11. It's like, oh, well, you broke the rules. <laughs> I, I could be that person, though. I, I do sometimes stay uh past curfew but technically quote unquote we don't have a curfew no we have a a recommended time to be at home I was about to say that yeah so I mean technically if we had a curfew then I would be that person that probably would pass curfew but even then it's not ill intended it's just it happens and it's not like I'm doing anything bad or dangerous I'm just doing homework typically (laughs) So on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the troublesome ones. So here we are going to say troublesome in many different categories. 
uh, we know that they're troublesome, like the ones who cause the most worry to the rest of the family, whether it is getting into an accident or having to go to the hospital or having an incident happen at home and they have to undergo surgery or something like that. That We have the troublesome children that just are very accident prone. So, Cindy, <laughs> that I has used to be. Yes, that's true. I think while I was under the age of 18, I was always that troublesome child. Uh, after, honestly, even like in my early teens, I don't, I don't think I had that many like accidents anymore. Yeah. So that's one of the categories that we have. I'm pretty sure both sides of our family have this kind of troublesome child that's always causing worry for everyone else. At different stages of their life, they can grow out of it, but they have a phase where they're just the most troublesome ones. Can we mention one? Sure. Omar. (laughs) And I don't mean that like in a bad way. It's just... um... This cousin, if uh, he's our cousin, sometimes he was just very careless. So he would he would get hurt all the time. He used to get sunburned, you know. So that that that's what I mean. It's like he he got sunburned. He gets scratches. He gets nicks. He works a little bit of I don't want to say dangerous job, but I mean dangerous job. You know what I mean? So it's just not accident prone, but exposing yourself to accidents that occasionally happen. Yeah. And inducing worry can apply to anybody, I feel like, because, for example, even the same cousin, he's had things happen to him where his car breaks down. You know, it's like, oh, now I got to worry about him because now he needs a ride or he needs to fix his car. He doesn't have a car. So it's always like somebody that's just a little troublesome. Before I could argue that it was you because you had the oldest car in our oh, yeah, family, yeah, yeah. in our family, because you had the oldest car. So it was it wasn't in horrible shape, but occasionally something would happen where it's like, oh, it needs um, an oil change or, oh, the battery died or, oh, something happened and it's not functioning. And there was a time where it left you stranded in the middle of the street. So I got stranded at least three times with that car. But for the ten. Uh, Eight-ish years that I drove it, I think it's fine. Yeah, no, exactly. So, but but like it's stuff like that. And this cousin also had an old car in, when he was younger, so it, I feel like it could apply technically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then we have the other troublesome children who are very rebellious. We have family members that run away from home for. X amount of time, whether it is a day or for the rest of their lives or for a certain time period, we, we've we heard stories of people who run away from home just to go to another family member's house, for example, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious, just the outcome of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, I don't know. I don't know how, um, keep talking. I was going to say that I'm not sure. I would, I like to say, I suppose 
that for us personally, we've never had a reason to run away. And I don't know if we can associate like a certain character arc. We are recording at home and our dogs tend to bark in the background. And while most of the barking does tend to be picked up by my by my microphone, sometimes they'll be picked up by Cindy's microphone, just depending on how loud they are. We 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 can possibly cut that out though. Uh, repeat yourself and say, "Hi, putting Patreon. up with people." Uh, repeat yourself and say something. Uh, I think you were talking about dealing with people who run away. Dealing with them. I don't want to talk about dealing with them or talking about them. Uh, I I can't relate. I I for our family our. What is it? Our our household family. We have not had anybody run away or ever have the intention of running away. So I don't I don't know what that's like. I don't know why people would want to run away if they're just unhappy and stuff. But for us, we've never had that. So I'm curious to ask people. I mean, in a way, I suppose I have asked a cousin why why she did it. And this cousin was old enough, basically, where they ran away, in a sense, and ended up just moving out and staying out. So for situations like that, I don't know how one knows that that's the right thing to do. So now I'm, I'm curious... How how does one person decide to make that decision? You know, like what, what leads up to that? So I can think of two cases where we've had cousins in a way leave the house, move out. But I guess you can technically consider it running away. But to me, it's just straight up moving out because they were both kind of of age one was for sure of age. The other one was still young. Where they move out of the house. And it's typically done because of a relationship. So to me, that makes me curious. How do you know this relationship was worth it? I don't know. I think it always depends. It looks like both but, of them are working out though. Yeah. I was thinking of a different situation of when someone ran away. Yeah, but that was when they were younger. That's why I was that's why I was thinking about it because there's different elements and different stages where people want to run away either to completely detach themselves from from their family and get a different perspective or to develop a sense of freedom for themselves. You need to run away. don't tell everyone that (laughs) no but I mean like do you know what I want to talk about I want to bring up I'm like I don't know if I feel comfortable about sharing all this running away stuff on the podcast so maybe we'll cut that Mm -hmm. out Uh, except like I said I don't want to talk about people's lives that we know because it's too specific sometimes but I do want to talk about 
how instead of running away, knowing, um, hold on, let me get my train of thought correctly. Let me fix myself too. Okay. I don't know where I'm going to end up cutting it then. Well, you, you mentioned runaway child. Mm-hmm. So somewhere there we can talk about I it. I think. Okay. So we have our troublesome children, mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Some of them are the ones that call, inflict worry in many ways, being accident prone or exposing themselves to a bunch of situations that could injure them either out in the elements or through the types of cars that they drive or the field of work that they're in. Then we have the troublesome children who either run away from home, have a dramatic altercation with families that everyone else would probably know about. But we won't get into detail about that just because it's not our place to talk about it. We have questions about it, but we know that there are people who are like that. Then we also have other kinds of family members where, for right now, I want to mention, we have the young ones who happen to be more mature. For an example, in my household, our household, both Cindy and Johnny are the young ones who act more mature, while me, as the oldest sibling, don't want to act mature and want to be a child at heart all the time. That's actually like my bio for Twitter. It's like I'm a kid at heart no matter how old I get. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do agree that Johnny and I do happen to act more mature. I don't know what it is. It's just like personally for myself, I can only ever speak for myself. It's not that I'm I don't have the energy to do certain things. It's just as I get older, it's like you lose interest. For example, Simon and I both realized one of the last times we went to Six Flags together that we weren't built for it. Like, I don't get me wrong. I used to love the adrenaline. I used to love riding the rides. But that one time we were just like, I got a headache do you have a headache? I was like, yeah, like, let's just sit down. So we went to like this little cafe. He got coffee. I got hot chocolate and we were just sitting and like, (laughs) I don't know if you like, uh, can imagine just like a really cold night. We were dressed warmly because you know, you have to be drinking warm beverages and just kind of like cuddled in together and just talking that instead of like having fun riding rides at six flags that's what we were doing we were just drinking warm beverages and conversating and i'm the complete opposite i would still have if it wasn't for this pandemic a six flags membership card and go every holiday that i could and go once a month Ride as many rides as possible. I don't have the same energy to stay all day like I used to, but I would ride like four or five or six rides that I like. And if the line wasn't too long, I would do that. Um, yeah, I. It, it's just fascinating to me to see that you are younger and you get easily tired by going to all these roller coasters. Well, for me, the magic is still there of the theme parks. I don't know. I I wouldn't say that I got tired of them. 
it, it just happened to be one ride where we just weren't like, I suppose, ready for it. And we got like whiplash or whatever. And that just kind of set the mood down for us. And since we didn't go on any rides afterwards, our desire to like want to return to Six Flags just kind of dissipated. So whenever anybody's like, oh, we're going to Six Flags, anybody want to go? I never go anymore. I don't know if you've noticed. It's been years since I've gone to Six Flags. And I used to go every year for um, one of my programs in school. They used to have this event every year at Six Flags. And the last year I went was basically the last year I went to Six Flags, which was... 2013 probably mm. mm-hmm. so it's been years interesting yeah do you have any other archetypes that you want to bring up that we may have missed do, do you want to do you have any observations in like siblings that you want to bring up like archetypes between siblings uh, I'm trying to think. I know that there are the archetypes where the children are more mature than the adults. I know that there's a couple of uh, yeah. family members where the children or a specific child would cook and clean and take care of the house for the adults while the adults go off and do their own thing yeah. and come back home and not even acknowledge probably what has happened. Or maybe they will. I don't know. I'm not in the household. But I know that there are some like that. We don't fit into that because our parents are very responsible and they let us be the kids. But then there are maybe situations where they want to enjoy themselves and we become the more responsible ones. And are cautious of taking care of them. Yes, I will say that um, if our parents ever want to, you know, drink at a party and just because they can or they want to, like my mom only ever does it when she's with her sisters and my dad sometimes does it just to like pass time. And it's not even a lot, but now that he has like three children that all know how to drive makes it very easy to have a designated driver all the time. Especially since Johnny and I don't drink. We're both old enough to, but we don't. You occasionally want to. Yeah. It's not like I have the burning desire to do it. I guess because I didn't grow up exposed to people drinking, the temptation to drink is not there. But depending on the flavor of said drink if it's a white wine or if it's a margarita i'll drink it but i wouldn't do anything else besides that and i wouldn't do it to get drunk i'll just do it to again kind of pass the time to have something to sip on and i would make sure i would do it with a full stomach i wouldn't do it uh, when i'm hungry because then it's easier for you to get buzzed but we're not here to advocate for that we're actually very strongly against uh, doing things under the influence or being persuaded to do things that can intoxicate you. Yeah, but I don't want to say but. I feel like I'm saying but a lot instead of um. 
but 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 you have to edit that out <laughs> yeah I lost what else did you want to talk about cindy i'm not sure i kind of lost my train of train <laughs> train of thought okay well i do want to bring in another spin to this okay. is even though we're kind of listing a couple of the archetypes that we do see in family members we want to say that despite how diverse our family is the fact that we are able to combine all of these different personalities and all of these different labels together is a very very wonderful experience for christmas for family reunions for thanksgiving all of those things i just think it's really nice to see that everyone can have their own opinions can have their own labels their own personalities and contribute to a family Mm -hmm. yeah i guess if we're gonna if you observe think back to like um think back to like a holiday sorry think back to a holiday where you where we spent the holiday with family extended family not just you know your family at home and you i feel like observing those situations can give you more ideas as to like different i don't want to say character arcs but it's like oh there's always that that one relative who always loves giving gifts instead of receiving them Mm -hmm. there's that one relative that always gives you what you need which is also nice always spells your name wrong yeah uh can you think of any the ones that always want to cheer you up and just make random jokes okay then there's the ones who will take care of you regardless you give them a call and they'll they'll spend hours with you just to make sure you're okay. It doesn't even matter if you're not even in the media household. Uh, I feel like that, that relates to the last one you said, no? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then there's the ones who are very forgetful. That are just there, uh, not just there, but they're there, they're active, but then they'll tend to forget everything and need remembering. Yeah, Simon's one of those forgetful ones. He never remembers anything. <laughs> what else? The There's family members who are the organizational type that wants to make sure that everything is kind of structured. Yeah. I feel like I'm one of those, and I know another person who's one of those. There's the people that love to save the gift wrapping for the next, ones who for following years, you know, like paper bags or are like helping to contain all the trash, keeping all the bows. Yeah, I was about to say, then there's the ones who just want to keep all of the bows and put them on their head. I was one of those. Yeah. Then there the there are the emotional ones. You? Obviously. 
What else? There's the people that just love to eat. Yes. Like anything. And I don't mean like, oh, they're they're always eating. It's like they had their dinner and then they're going to be like, oh, but there's this, there's cookies. It's like, I'm going to eat some cookies. I'm going to eat some cake. I still have room for desserts. What? Well, no, I'm not. You don't know my stomach. It's like there's eggnog. It's like cookies and milk. It, it doesn't matter. It's like they're they're always gonna want like a serving, which there's nothing wrong with that. I kind of like like that because I love uh, when we host. We we make so many different things. We make like cakes, cupcakes, cookies, uh, other desserts. So and sometimes we kind of forget to bring them out. So when we do. It's nice to see people actually taking them as opposed to being left with all the desserts in the end. Then there's the ones who want to pretend like they're the Grinch, even though they fully enjoy the holidays. Like who? Our dad. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah. He does kind of act like the Grinch. It's like, I always have to spend so much money on you guys. It's like, but he loves getting all the gifts. <laughs> he's like, I hate Christmas. And then he's like, oh, for me? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. He's funny. Uh, what other kind? Then there's the people who want to spend a little extra money on other people. There's. Oh, that's true. I forgot. The- but yeah. Yeah. Then there's the people who there there's people that are very thoughtful in their gift giving. Yeah. And then there's people who make their gifts from scratch. They'll spend a whole year make making a gift to make sure everyone has the same thing. If it's whether it's in a different color or a different size, but they'll make a gift for them. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, uh I guess it's just take into consideration what kind of family members you have and how you were la- you would want to label them, uh, either by the things that they like to do, the way that they are, their personalities. What would, kind of family members do you have? Yeah, I would also like to say if you've noticed off of these character arcs that you are a specific type of character arc, feel free to share it with us. If you don't like what character arc you are, you have the power to change who you are. Obviously, don't change for anyone. But if you want to be considered a different type of person, feel free to make your own change. You know, I I, I understand that some people don't want to be seen or portrayed a certain way. So just because you fit into a specific what... I thought of two more. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the creative ones, just yeah. creative overall, yeah. like really interactive creative ones. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who vocalize their opinions really quickly. So when you open a gift, they're either very excited or they have their own saying to the point that everyone else copies them. Wow. I yeah. know. Uh, those are some really good ones. I was like covering my mouth because I don't <laughs> want to talk over you. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to see how everyone can gather together, enjoy the holidays, uh, and enjoy what is going to come. I know that we last week we had discussed how we're kind of upset that Thanksgiving is going to be completely different because of this pandemic. 
But we were able to talk about it and we've come up with some very interesting ideas on how we can make Christmas hopefully better, even though we're probably going to be apart. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Me too. I'm like jumping and like very, I have like ants in my pants kind of feeling because I just want to get started and get it done already. I want to see the final product. Yeah. But I was talking about even after this call, or after this call, after this podcast, we might um, make place a call to talk about our Christmas ideas. So we actually get things in motion. So family, by this time, by the time this podcast comes out, we may already have Christmas plans. Hopefully. And and by the time this podcast comes out, our family will most likely have already been reached out to or will likely soon be reached out to to talk about Christmas plans. But yeah, hopefully you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If it's you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, I still hope you had a good Thanksgiving, spent it with your family, you weren't alone. And I hope that you guys all look forward to the holidays. Uh, I know it's going to be a very weird year. Who knows how shopping is going to look like? Who knows how travel plans may also look like? Because I know there's some people who have to travel for stuff like that for their family. But just stay safe for the holidays and enjoy whatever time you have to, um, to spend with anyone that you're spending it with. I hope if you don't have anybody to spend the holidays with that you enjoy this podcast. It makes you feel it, it makes you feel a little something to reminisce over previous holidays. And if it doesn't, while you have this time to yourself, think about your previous family events to see if you can spot any character arcs in your family that we've mentioned. If you can think of any that we haven't mentioned, feel free to share them with us because I'd love to see if they're in my family and I just missed them. Yeah. And if you're not even our family members listening and you're someone completely different, tell us what other family types you have or people in them. They don't have to be very explicit, but you can say, oh, here's a label like the drunk one or the one who's always cooking or the one who always hosts They sound party like friends because- episodes. <laughs> they do the titles do <laughs> but yeah there's a bunch of different people who that are out there i thought of another one the people who love drinking coffee and will always be drinking coffee the ones who drink coffee the ones who I drink wine i can kind of relate yeah because there's people that they don't like drinking alcohol but they drink wine so the ones who drink wine But uh, we hope that everyone has a good holiday season. We're going to still release a couple more episodes, but it will start cooling down for us as school gets a little bit more towards the end of the semester. Just giving you all a heads up. Wait, are you saying after this episode we're not recording? We are, just probably not every week because final season is slowly catching up 
I feel like I'm going to be fine. And okay. I feel like I'm the one that would be more concerned, but I, I got a handle on things. I'm pretty on top of everything. So I'm, in that case, I'm hoping it'll be good. In that case, it continue to expect episodes. But even during we are the holiday approaching season. the end of our season. Oh, yes, we are. Which will end approximately what date? I don't remember. Like early mid-December, right? Yeah, I want to say early December. So we might, shortly before we start our next season of episodes, we may have a couple like holiday specials. So keep your ears open. (laughs) Keep your eyes open to then keep your ears open. Yep. Any final comments before I say the outro? I'm on Instagram, guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cindy's on Instagram. She's always wondering why people are following her. It's like, how do they follow me? How How do do they they find me? (laughs) That's what I'm wondering. Yep. Cindy's on Instagram. Go follow her. I'm not going to give her the URL, but go follow her. If you know me. If you don't know me, please don't find me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time, thank you all for listening to a Playful Escape podcast. Make sure you all follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are on YouTube. If you want to support the Patreon, support us on Patreon. We are also on Patreon. Our handles are always going to be in the description. And our handles are always going to be in the description. We can be found at the username A Playful Escape. If you want to send us an email, let us know that there are family types that we may have missed, that we don't know about, that we haven't recognized. Go ahead and send us your list of other types of family members at aplayfulescape at gmail.com. Any final questions, comments, or concerns, Cindy? The weird one. I think everyone qualifies as a weird one. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Have a happy Thanksgiving.